This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Let's now ride. Time for the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball. What's going on, Dodgers fans? Thank you for listening to a breaking news edition of the Incline Dodgers podcast. We are recording at the five o'clock Pacific non-tender deadline for Major League Baseball. So we got some news to break down. We're still waiting on the official announcement. We'll get into what we're obviously talking about in a second. Kevin Klein here. And I want to thank you all for listening to the podcast. We are presented by Fansided. So let's get into it. Numerous reports out there that the Dodgers are going to non-tender their 2019 MVP outfielder Cody Bellinger, who's been with the team since 2017. Maybe a bit of a shocker to a lot of Dodgers fans out there because he's meant so much. The city obviously was a 2020 World Series champion. The infamous 2020 Game 7 home run in the NLCS off Chris Martin to put the Dodgers ahead. Maybe his most iconic moment in Dodger blue. But if you've been listening to this podcast pretty religiously, uh, you would have known that I've Braced you guys for this moment for quite some time. Uh, Jake Reiner couldn't make it today. He's in he's in mourning over this Cody Bellinger news. But David Rosenthal is here to help me break it down with the latest Dodgers news. And we're going to lead off with Cody Bellinger being non-tendered by the Dodgers. Yeah, I mean you you definitely called it. I'm 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 still surprised uh, that they didn't just eat the 18 million and kind of just see what happens with him. Uh, there's still a, there's still a solid chance they can bring him back at a cheaper deal. Granted, he's going to have a market. I know Toronto's going to be interested. The Cubs are probably going to be interested. And uh, teams are going to be willing to take a gamble on him. I mean, this dude won the MVP less than three years ago. So I think he's going to have a strong market. I, I, I'm i not confident Dodgers will be able to bring him back for less than what they could have just got him for, which is one year, $18 million. But it's still, you know, kind of a benchmark as a Dodger fan. You know, it's kind of like this was almost the last of the – you know, 2017 team, all the, all of those young guys. I mean, Seager is gone. Uh, Kike Hernandez is gone. Uh, Justin Turner might be gone. And now Cody Bellinger is yeah, also Jock gone. Peterson. So, Jock Peterson as well. Yep. Uh, so it's definitely like a changing of the guard for sure. If, as a Dodgers fan and as a Dodgers organization and Stan Caston kind of hinted at that in his, in his press conference saying we need to open up space for all the new, the new wave to get here. And that's clearly what this was about. I mean, obviously there's a, there's a factor of him not performing well whatsoever. 
uh, recently, but it's still kind of a shock, honestly. Yeah, I mean, we were just talking about off the air and you'll you'll dive into what the luxury tax and how they're going to reset means. But this comes down to money and the Dodgers are not messing around this offseason. They already declined Justin Turner's 16 million dollar club option in total. They're looking like they're going to have 100 million off the books with Tyler Anderson. We'll talk about him going to the Angels. Obviously, Trey Turner's still a free agent. That's another additional 20 million. The awful contracts of David Price, Kimbrell wiped off the books. But I mean, a big thing here with, with why the Dodgers don't want to go over the luxury tax once again is they're not getting as much compensation as they can when they're offering these players qualifying offers. One of the penalties when you go over this luxury tax, which looks like it's going to be $233 million next season, is the Trey Turners and the Tyler Andersons, a team that isn't spending a lot of money, they get a second round compensation pick. A team like the Dodgers, they get a fourth round compensation pick. And on the flip side, if the Dodgers are going to sign a player that has a qualifying offer tagged him. The Dodgers get penalized with a second round pick, a fifth round pick, and they lose a million dollars off their international bonus or international signing pool money, which is where they're getting key prospects like Andy pa- Pajes, uh, Miguel Vargas, uh, Jose Ramos. Uh, so yeah, I mean, those are perfect examples right there. But yeah, back to the Cody Bellinger. One of the reasons I think they just had to move on is you can't justify paying $18 million to a player that's just not performing. Defensively and base running, he's giving it to you. But with the bat, these stats have just been atrocious. I mean, this season alone, out of 130 qualifying players with the minimum at-bats, he ranked 115th in bat pit. Over his last three seasons, he's a 195 hitter with a 642 OPS. You'll give him a pass in 2021 because he batted 165 with a 542 OPS, 10 home runs over 95 games coming off the shoulder surgery, redeemed himself with a heroic postseason performance against the Giants and the Braves coming up with numerous key hits. But where's the excuse really in 2022? I mean, he hit 210, which is basically the Mendoza line, a 265 on base, He was striking out like crazy with 150 Ks. Only Chris Taylor had more strikeouts in full in a full season with the Dodgers. 654 OPS, 19 home runs. If you take away the name and you just look at the stats, you cannot pay another 18 to 20 million dollars to that. I I just I get where the Dodgers are coming from. And it looked more and more likely that this was happening because they literally waited an hour before the deadline for these non-tanner candidates for the news to break so you have to kind of figure that the dodgers were either aggressively shopping him or just really contemplating what they were going to do we've already heard a number of teams are interested in the cody bellinger market i think david already mentioned that brandon nimmo is the only other sexy center fielder out there who's a scott boris client as well so we've heard the blue jays and the cubs are two teams heavily interested in cody bellinger and I get them not wanting to trade players, knowing that it was inevitable he was going to hit the free agent market. I mean, ultimately, Cody Bellinger, I'm going to remember the good with him, not the bad. Six seasons, hit 248, 332 on base, 487 slugging. That's a OPS over 800, 152 career home runs. On top of that remarkable Game 7 home run off Chris Martin, he also had that legendary catch in the 2020 NLDS in Game 2 when he robbed Tatis Jr. of that home run when Grouter was on the mound. That probably changed the tone of that series as well. 2018 NLCS MVP, big walk-off hit against the Brewers. 
I got nothing bad to say about Cody Bellinger. Maybe there's a chance he comes back. Scott Boris client, though, you have to keep that in mind. So at this point, it's just a wait and see now. Bellinger is a free agent. Yeah, I'm definitely going to miss Cody Bellinger. I mean, I, I don't really remember the bad with him. I always just remember how he burst onto the scene in 2017 and had 39 home runs and almost 100 RBIs as a rookie, won the MVP two years later, uh, was hugely instrumental in the 2020 World Series title, uh, and was he just felt like a Dodger. You know, he's, he will always feel like a Dodger to me. No matter what uniform he puts on, it's going to it's gonna look weird. Yeah. Um, but it, it's, you know, at $18 million, you can't, you can't produce at the level he did last year for that price, especially if you're trying to get under the CBT line, which I'm almost positive. Don't don't officially quote me on this, but this would be the third year over the tax uh, for the Dodgers if they went over it. So how it works is uh, so the first year you have a 20 percent tax if you go over it. The second year you have a 30 percent tax if you go over it and the third year or more if you go over it, it's a 50 percent tax. So that's a huge difference. What the Dodgers did in 20. 20- 20 if i'm remembering correct is they reset the tax they reset the tax they were just under the cbt line uh that's when they traded stripling uh, at the deadline and basically didn't do anything else and it it resets so if you go under one year it resets back to the 20 percent if you go over it so i'm guessing the dodgers are going to try to do that uh this year now like kevin said they have a ton of guys that just came off the books price kimbrell both turners bellinger now so they still have a lot of financial flexibility to spend money but in my best guess, I think they're going to do everything they can to stay under that 233 line and spend about $232 million on this payroll to, to, to reset the tax. That sounds right to me, and I agree. I think the Dodgers are going to have a different tone these days. I mean, they've been spending money like crazy, and it's not leading to a World Series. So I'm not trying to say like they're going to stop spending money and be like the Marlins or something. But I think they're going to be more tactical with the way they allocate to the books. They've been willing to take on a lot of bad contracts over the last few years. The David Prices, early on the Carl Crawfords, the Homer Baileys. And they did that so that they could acquire great players with cheaper flexibility, prospect capital-wise. Don't know if they're going to have that same tone this year. If they are, well, then they're thinking ahead by letting these Justin Turners and Cody Bellingers go early so that they could be aggressive in the offseason. Uh, the rumors are already starting to float in. It's hard to really put much stock into what any of these reporters are saying, but a couple guys like Ken Rosenthal and Bob Nightingale, I believe, already floated out the idea that the Dodgers are going to be interested in Kevin Kiermeyer. Don't lose your pants and be like, what the hell? This is a major downgrade. I'm pretty sure if they were to sign Kevin Kiermeyer, this is a bench player. And yeah, he's not a great offensive player. But he is a 248 career hitter with a 715 OPS. He has three gold gloves, so technically you aren't going to lose an edge defensively. This guy was a big web gem machine. 32 years old, veteran. He was on that Rays World Series team, and he actually held his own against the Dodgers. He batted around 365, so at least there's some clutch in him. The other big name that Morosi and Heyman and the Boris click, again, don't put too much stock into this rumor either, but apparently the Dodgers are going to at least start shopping in the Aaron Judge market. We've covered this a couple weeks now. I don't think any of us are super thrilled about Aaron Judge, but he did just get awarded the AL MVP with this 16, 62 home run campaign. Obviously, that would be exciting for most Dodger fans because you're, you're adding another MVP, you lose an MVP, you add an MVP. 
but we've already gone in great depths that we think the regression is coming and he probably won't age like fine wine. Yeah, but that's where I'm kind of stand in the rumor market short term with the outfield. I'm option. a I'm just going to wait and see on that one. I don't think I think that's all smoke. I don't think he's leaving the New York Yankees. I think how Hal, Hal Steinbrenner has already basically said they're willing to back up the Brinks truck for him. Uh, I think the Dodgers will will kind of mess around and throw like a high AAV short short term deal at him just to see what happens. But yeah, I, I, I don't really think what happens. But uh, the Dodgers have just announced the non tendering of Cody Bellinger and Luke Williams. And there's a surprise on there. They also just non tendered Edwin Rios. So I don't think anybody was seeing that. I, I honestly kind of forgot I, about him. I, I will. But go, go ahead. No, no, take it away. OK, so. Yeah, as you just said, David, I'm more shocked about them non-tendering Luke Williams than I am Edwin Rios. <laughs> For one, because they just added him maybe like two weeks ago. So come on, give the guy a break. But uh, I don't know if it was ever mentioned on this podcast. Sometimes I forget if I said it on the air or just over text. But I had a strong suspicion that the Dodgers were done with Edwin Rios. I mean, obviously, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. But I always kind of found it shady, shady that they left him off that September call up when they had two open spots. And yeah, they gave one to Miguel, Miguel Vargas, which makes sense to me. But the other spot kind of went to waste. I think they gave it to a reliever, but there were definitely injuries along the way. They could have aisled Gavin Lux for sure and called up Rios. So I kind of had a feeling that I, the Dodgers were moving on from Edwin Rios. And I don't know why, but I, it was kind of a year ago, similar to the Matt Beatty situation where we could kind of see the writing on the wall where they were just done with him. And it seemed like they had given Edwin Rios a number of opportunities. I don't know what the reason was to break the camel's back. Strike, but I am strikeouts. That's a good point. He is. He, he does strike out a lot, but prior to the injury in this 2022 season, he was running away with that starting job for a, a split second. He was not like an everyday third baseman, but they were finding ways to get him in the lineup. He was connecting on some home runs. But obviously, I'm sure the Dodgers tried to float his name out in the trade market as well. Just couldn't get anything that they they liked to bite. So they let him go. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I agree. I don't really see that there was a role for him anyway. I mean, even in the offseason now, it's like you see people throwing out lineups and, and bench suggestions, and you don't even really see his name on there. You know, he was kind of the forgotten man of, of 2022. Uh, the injury sucked, and, you know, he's got the, the power, no doubt, but... I think the strikeouts is what did him in. I really do. I I, I mean, you're going to give guys like Vargas a chance. Uh, you might bring back Justin Turner. Uh, you might want to sign some kind of power hitter. Uh, and there's just not a not really a role for him. He's not he's not a plus defender at third base. Freeman's taking over at first. You're going to have Muncie and Vargas probably playing third. And I don't think they really want a guy who's pretty much just a DH who strikes out a lot. Let's take a moment to talk about Tick Pick. Proud sponsor of the Incline Dodgers podcast. I've just had it with Ticketmaster, their BS fees, their crazy on sales. I'm sure you've heard the news if you're a Taylor Swift fan. What's going on over there? TickPick, on the other on the other hand, no service fees, first of all. So you see the ticket price. You know what you're paying. No hidden shady fees. Second of all, they're offering our listeners a chance to save 10 bucks on your first purchase of $49 or more if you download the TickPick app. Just use the promo code INCLINE. That's all caps inclined. I've been seeing a bunch of tickets on their app that are just going crazy cheap, way under face value. So if you don't know about TickPick, you got to give them a chance because their service is quick, responsive, 
great deals, no service fees, like I mentioned. And you just use that promo code INCLINE, save some money, tick pick, download the app, go to the website. I'm telling you guys, way better than Ticketmaster. And they're doing a giveaway. So check it out on their Twitter for Taylor Swift fans out there. Yeah, so prior to the non-tendering deadline, the Dodgers 40-man roster did hit 38 players, and that doesn't even include Clayton Kershaw yet. We're still waiting on that signing to be official. With these three non-tenders, they're now down to 35, so that will give them some roster flexibility. In terms of who they bring bring on, not entirely sure. Obviously, Justin Turner's still a free agent, so maybe they try to do a reunion with him. I think that'll come down to Justin Turner having to accept a bench role, though. Um, in terms of other things that went down this last week, Tyler Anderson rejecting the qualifying offer and signing with the Anaheim Angels. This one was a little interesting to me. Not so much that the Dodgers missed out on Tyler Anderson, but I'm surprised that they weren't more aggressive in trying to give Tyler Anderson a more competitive offer. I mean, obviously one year, 19 and a half million is nothing to sniff at. I think, on our last episode, I did say that I had read that the market value on Anderson was three years, 36 million. So the three years, 39 million that he got from the angels is pretty close. And I felt like he was going to be one of the first names off the board, but looking at the big scope here, I don't think the Dodgers are losing out on too much. And I'll tell you why. First of all, when he initially signed with the Dodgers a year ago, this was just a flyer. They gave him one year, $8 million and Mark Pryor and the pitching development staff, and Tyler Anderson's work ethic and willingness to adapt and take in all the information that the Dodgers were willing to feed him resulted in Tyler Anderson having a breakout all-star campaign. Um, right now, when you look at the Dodgers rotation, with it being Julio Urias, Clayton Kershaw, presumably, and then Dustin May, Tony Gonsolin, then that fifth open spot, which could be a number of uh, free agent options, trade candidates, or they keep it internal, Ryan Pepio, obviously, Michael Grove on the 40-man. You're going to see Bobby Miller get called up, I imagine, sometime this season, and potentially Gavin Stone. But, I mean, the Dodgers are going to need another starter, in my opinion, because it's inevitable that Kershaw could get hurt. Dustin May, you're going to have to keep his innings down because he's coming off Tommy John surgery, and this will be his first full season back. Tony Gonsolin appears to also get staggered with injuries. So they're going to need the depth, but... I'm really not worried that the Dodgers, I'm not really worried about the Dodgers being unable to find another guy, whether they take another flyer, make a big acquisition. But I feel like from the Dodgers perspective, maybe one of the reasons they weren't aggressive in paying Anderson what he deserved was they do have some concerns about the rules, about the rules involving the shift going away next season. Guys yeah, solely mean, reliant. Sorry. He's just relying yeah. on contact, but when he's able to locate his pitches, he's able to generate a lot of soft ground balls but maybe the Dodgers have their analytic machine and they they see something that we don't. I mean, they could have matched that offer easily if they wanted to. I mean, the three years, $39 million is actually a better deal than the qualifying offer in terms of the Dodgers' finances. You know, that that brings the AAV down. Yes, you're committed for two more years, but that, that salary for a guy who can eat innings, you'll take that all day long. So clearly, they were comfortable just moving on with him. Because if they wanted to match that, they could have done that in their sleep. And he absolutely would have chosen to stay uh, rather than go across the the, the whatever freeway to uh, Anaheim. So I'm that was honestly a surprise to me. I, I thought he could have gotten more. Uh, or even I thought he could have just taken the qualifying offer and signed a deal next year. But I'm happy for Tyler Anderson, honestly. I mean, he's been a journeyman his whole career. 
he proved that he belongs in Major League Baseball, completely switched over his entire uh, you know, narrative around his career and became a legit all-star and and basically one of the most one of the top two most consistent pitchers on the best regular season team in baseball. So I think the Angels hit a home run with that signing. I'm not sure if he's gonna hold up to what he did this year, but I think it's a great signing for Anaheim. And and more so for me, it's indicative that the Dodgers are are gonna gonna do what Stan Kasten said, which is gonna inject these these young players into the major league roster. I think Bobby Miller is going to get a legitimate chance to win a rotation spot in spring training. I think Gavin Stone is not far behind him. Uh as for Ryan Pepio and Tony Gonsolin's role, I'm not so sure. I'm not those are the two guys I'm not certain about in terms of the long-term future of the Dodgers. I think the Dodgers could very well trade Tony Gonsolin. Uh his value is very high right now. Uh and Pepio just because of his age and kind of you know who he's got behind him, I think he makes him not expendable, but but an option to trade uh, for one of these many holes on this current roster right now. Unless the Dodgers are able to sign a proven eat innings eater, because they definitely still need to do that. And no, I do not want them to sign Justin Verlander. I absolutely hate that rumor, if it's even a rumor. Guy is nearly 40, and apparently he's expecting Max Scherzer money. Yeah. Like, if they were going to do that, why not just pay Max Scherzer? I get that there's no qualifying offer associated with Berlander, so it's easier to bring him on. But at that age, and he just won the Cy Young, I don't care. I just don't trust it. There are very few guys that pitch into their 40s that can throw at high elite levels. And we just saw with Max Scherzer and the Mets in his first season, not only was he hampered by injuries and missed nearly half the year, when he did pitch in the postseason, he basically cost it for them. He literally shit the bricks, got shelled badly. The Padres had their number on him and they lost the series. And another thing that I need to see the Dodgers do and focus on. I don't want a repeat of this. All these guys coming back in September, just in time for the postseason, because when I reflect on it, it didn't really work out. Obviously, Tony Gonsolin got four outs or whatever in the NLDS against the Padres. He made like one or two appearances before the postseason after missing six weeks. Tommy Canely couldn't pitch on back-to-backs. He got lit up. Yancey Almonte battled the elbow injury, blew the save. Even though he was great in Hall's appearances prior to that, he still blew the save at the end of the day. So what I want to see from the Dodgers, I know you can't really control it, but if you can, find guys that are will- that have a history and tendency to stay healthy. Because they're going to need these guys to be having momentum down the stretch because that really did not play into the Dodgers' favor this last September. They've looked ice cold. They played like shit most of the month. And then when they got into October, it carried over. They still played like shit. So none of that again. I think a lot of postseason success is determined by how healthy you are. Uh, I mean, we saw the Astros and the Phillies basically had once once they got to the postseason, they were pretty much full strength. Uh, I don't even think I can name someone on that either of those teams who was injured. And I think that's just kind of the luck of the Irish almost. I think you just got to get lucky in terms of health. I don't think there's a, you know, a magic wand you can you can dot these players with to keep them healthy. I think it's just part of a long, a long season and a long grind. But I would like to see him, you know, this goes directly against everything you just said, but I would like them to see sign Jacob DeGrom. 
I think that would be awesome for this rotation. I think even if he gets hurt at some point in the regular season, uh, if Jake was here, he would say they're going to make the playoffs regardless. You don't need Trey Turner. You don't need Jacob DeGrom. They're going to make the playoffs regardless. So if you can get him and keep him healthy down the final stretch, that's huge. I think, you know, I think a lot of people are, are over, are being dramatic about the need for offense. I, I, I think the offense is fine uh, with or without Trey Turner, with or without Cody Bellinger. I think this offense is fine. I, I trust who they have there right now. I think what's missing and what's been missing the past two years is a healthy dominant starter. I mean, we haven't had, besides Julio Arias, uh, they haven't really had a healthy dominant starter the past two postseasons. Uh, Bueller in 2021 kind of wasn't really fully himself, wasn't really fully healthy, was tasked with the impossible, him and Arias having to pitch basically as the only two starters. I think they need a. I think they need a Jacob Degrom. I really do. I think that would be my number one target. Uh, he's going to be tough to pry away from Steve Cohen, uh, but if you can sign that guy for like a two year or three year, hundred something million dollar contract, I think you kind of have to do it. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming. And his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I've been on board with Jacob DeGrom, similar to Kershaw in a sense that you know he's going to miss a month. Hopefully it's earlier in the season rather than later. Yeah. But just like Clayton Kershaw, when he gets into October, Jacob DeGrom absolutely brings it as well. He was great against the Padres. He was their only win. He's been to a World Series. Now, granted, that was during his rookie season, but he pitched great up to get them into the World Series. The guy embraces the bright lights. The Mets for many years had literally no offense. This is on paper statistically that he was the worst run supported pitcher in Major League Baseball. And he was still posting ERAs in the sub twos, high ones, whatever. And I still think at the age of 34, 33, whatever, I think he's got three to four good years left. I don't see why not. He started a little later than most guys. So I don't think there's a lot of mileage on his arm like a Clayton Kershaw or a Justin Verlander. So if the Dodgers can make the financials work, I think there is an opening on the starting staff and you want to get a veteran, an ace, an elite F and bring it guy like Jacob deGrom. So I agree with you. It's funny that him and Kershaw are like the same age, but Kershaw's thrown like 1500 more innings <laughs> or something like that. I also want to acknowledge that I butchered Kodai Senga yeah, last time yeah. We I'm glad you brought that up. We all we all butchered that. Now, granted, I said I knew nothing about the Nippon Baseball League, but we were under the impression that he was kind of some kind of out just outfielder. Turns out he's a pretty good pitcher, so that also might be a fit. So our bad. I'm glad you brought that up uh, to everyone listening. 
uh, I will personally pledge to be more uh, familiarized with the Nippon Baseball League in the future. Yeah, so I, I mixed them up with Masataka Yoshida because that's the other big classic, name floating around. Classic mix-up. So <laughs> I just don't watch Japanese baseball like you. But yeah, this guy has been linked to the Dodgers. He's been linked to a lot of teams, so it's not like the Dodgers are in the lead by any means. But the Japanese thrower, I mean, I was reading that he can hit 99. He throws like some crazy fork ball or something with crazy deceptive movement. So, I mean, given what I'm seeing on paper, I don't know obviously much. I haven't seen much film. Makes sense to me. I also think I read, I mean, I could be wrong once again, but there's no, um, there's no like fee you have to pay the Japanese team to get him onto your team. I think it's just a flat out contract. None of that. I forget what they call it, but you don't have Post to pay team. Japan. Fee. Yeah, exactly. So that's an incentive right there. The Dodgers also earlier on this Friday afternoon brought back Jake Reed for his third stint. Don't really know what they see in this guy, but he did close out a game for them. So maybe they're like, oh, he's got he's got that dog in him. He can be our next closer. Highly doubt it. But clearly they like him if they're willing to bring him back for the third consecutive season. We'll see how long he lasts. Maybe it'll be longer than Luke Williams. Although every time Jake Reed makes the 40 man, he seems to last maybe a two to three week span and then they let him go again. Yeah. The guy is the definition of a journeyman. Uh, and then just the other thing I wanted to hit on real quick, and I don't want to exclude you if you had anything else to bring up, but the Dodgers did add Diego Cartaya, Michael Bush, Andy Pajes, and Johnny DeLuca to their 40 man roster. The first three were no brainers. The last one, I honestly had never heard of DeLuca before, not even in their top 30 prospects, but between high A and double A, guy is a home run masher, posting home runs around the 25 range, high OPS is in the high 800s. I don't really know if any team was going to poach him off the Dodgers. He is a 24, I think was what I read. So he, he definitely is MLB ready in terms of age, but I don't know about skill. And I will add that Jose Ramos wasn't added to the 40 man. So he is eligible for the rule five draft. And I'm no expert in how these things go, but I'm not going to lie. I am shaking in my boots a little bit that he is going to get drafted. And my rational why is, well, first of all, he's the eighth prospect in the Dodgers pipeline. So that means he's pretty damn good. He is 21. He's only played in high A, I believe, but he matched regardless. I just have this, sneaky fear suspicion that a team like the reds a team like the uh maybe even the rangers to an extent te- what are some other bad teams that the pirates teams that are just bad that have nothing to play for are going to use that rule five pick on ramos now that rosters have expanded to one extra player they'll try to stash him all year long and just hold out yeah, so I, I I'm with you on that. I really hope he doesn't get claimed because I think he's gonna be he's gonna be a very solid player. But like you said, he's only 21 and only played in high A. So if someone does draft him the rule five, the rule is if you're unfamiliar, you have to keep him on your major league roster and there's no sending him down. So basically, it's just a full send if you're gonna do it at that point. But like you said, I mean, a team like the the A's or the Reds or or someone could just take that flyer, and if it doesn't work out, they just end up cutting him. But uh, 
a lot of the beat writers were saying that it would be a surprise. I hope they're right because I would like to not lose him and keep him in the system. Yeah, definitely. I think he, I think he really does have the ability to be a special talent and he's probably two years away from maybe even cracking the major league roster. But I think when he does get called up, he will be an impact player. It's interesting that I'm reading other guys that got non-tendered Jorge Alfaro got let go by the Padres kind of surprised there, but I guess at the same time, not so surprised because he can't really catch, but yeah, yeah, there weren't a lot of notable names that really stood out to me that got non-tendered over the course of today, but we're in an interesting spot now where the Dodgers have made their subtractions and it's time to now make the additions. I think the first thing they got to do is announce that Kershaw deal because we still don't know technically what he's signing for. Probably can guess in the ballpark between 17 to 20 million dollars. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's speculation. So they got to make that official. And then, yes, I agree, David. They got to add one starting pitching, but they also got to add one, if not two outfielders, because right now we're looking at an outfield of Trace Thompson, Mookie Betts, and it was Luke Chris Williams, Taylor. but they non-tendered him. So you got Chris Taylor. No, no, technically. Chris Taylor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, Luke that's Williams it. is never a serious contender for that. That's, well, you got yeah. Outman waiting as well, who I think they're yes. high on. Uh, yes. And there's there's a bunch of non-tender uh, outfielders that they could pick up. The Marlins non-tendered Brian Anderson, uh, Blue Jays, Rymel Tapia, and Bradley Zimmer. So those are just a couple guys they could just sign and have as a bench bat, t- stuff like that, depth-wise. But another guy that nobody's really talking about who didn't even play last year is Michael Conforto. Uh, yes, he's a Boris guy. Uh, but he's, I think he's going to be much cheaper than Brandon Nimmo. And I think that that kind of fits with what the Dodgers need, honestly, a left-handed. Outfielder. Yeah. But you know, the problem with that, he's coming off shoulder surgery. Do we really want to go down that? Well, if it lane doesn't again? work once, might as well try it again. <laughs> Only once shame on you. <laughs> well, the Only first twice. time was actually Matt Kemp. The second time was Cody Bellinger. Now the third time's like, Oh God, here we go. I, I don't know. I don't think they will. I don't, I don't see that as a likely possibility. I'm not an expert on his defensive skills, but I feel like he's average in that realm. But and yeah, he's also whereas, kind of a platoon bat, so I don't know. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, with Nimmo, you get the you get the great defense as well. Uh, but I think he'll fetch around a hundred something million. So I don't know if they're comfortable doing that if you're trying to get under the CBT line with a bunch of other holes because we haven't even talked about shortstops. You know, I mean, there's they're in the mix for some of these shortstops. Obviously, there's Correa, Buzz, T- Trey Turner could come back. Uh, Dansby Swanson, I don't think he's going to leave, but he's he's in the mix. Uh, and Bogarts, I think, stays as well. But they got some money to mess around with. I just don't know exactly where they're going to throw it at. Yeah. Yep, they've, they've been in contact with all the shortstops. And I think that this is a good place to wrap it up. I mean, we covered everything that there is right now in the uh, Dodgers land. Uh, any final thoughts or shade you want to throw out there real quick, David? No, I'm just, I would like, I hope, I hope they can bring Cody Bellinger back on a cheap deal. I, I really would like to see him back, get him, get him a chance to to prove it, uh, essentially turn a one-year deal into a contract year uh, like they would have at 18 million uh, and give him a shot. You know, I, I think he's still super talented. I think there's a lot going on uh, in between his ears right now. I think that is contributing to a lot of, 
his struggles. I, I just don't see how you can be that good and then just have it all go poof. Uh, it's a very tough game, but I would like to see them bring him back for, you know, a one year, $8 million deal and, and, and see what happens. Uh, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. You can cut him, but I don't think I'm going to get my wish. Cause I think a team is going to, is going to give him a, a multi-year deal and, and take a shot on him. Yeah. I think he just became one of the most attractive free agents on the market. Uh, David Vasse said that you can throw the Rays and the Marlins into the mix as well for going after Cody Ballinger. I don't think he's going to get a big payday, but I do think a team's going to be willing to offer him two to three years, 10 million plus. And obviously if the Dodgers had non-tendered him, I don't think they're going to, they're going to have a chance. And then also Vasse thinks Kenley Jansen and the giants are discussing a two-year contract. So, Oh boy, would that be fun to see Kenley Jansen more often? Oh, that'd be gross. <laughs> so, just... yeah, thank you guys so much. Uh, we'll be back in a few more days. This is uh, what we live for, off-season, Dodgers activity, roster moves. So I'm excited to see what they do. I think they're going to add some exciting names in the upcoming weeks. Um, with Twitter being so weird, make sure to subscribe to the Incline Dodgers podcast wherever you listen, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube. Subscribe, give us a five-star rating. Tell us what you like, what you don't like, your favorite rants, all that. Appreciate it. Feedback goes a long way. And yeah, that's all I got for now. Kevin Klein, David Rosenthal, peacing out here and go Dodgers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.